podcast. Uh, really excited about this episode. I interviewed Steph Maurer, a great friend of mine. Uh, we've been working together for the past year, running a student advertising agency um, on the campus of the University of Illinois in Urbana-Champaign. Steph and I are going to do our best to break down tips for you if you're a student looking for a job in the ad industry today. Uh, these are tough times with the coronavirus, so we want to help you as much as possible. So thank you for listening, and I am your accomplice, Gino Schellenberg. So Steph, thank you so much for joining me today for this podcast. Yeah, definitely. I'm really honored to be here. Thank you for having me as a guest. No problem. I thought you would be a great guest because we're so close. We've been working with each other for over the past year, uh, and I'm just comfortable talking to you. So um, I'm, ex I'm excited. Yeah, definitely. I'm excited too. And I think this has been a great, a great idea. I was honored to be a part of the kind of the process of starting this off and yeah. the accomplished stuff. Well, I'm glad to have you. To start off, do you want to explain to the audience who you are, basically what you study and where you go to school and all that as a student? Yeah, definitely. So um, as Gino introduced me, I'm Steph Maurer. I am also a senior at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. I'm studying advertising. Uh, I have minors in business where I focus in marketing and then mediated communication and technology. Um, and basically at school, I'm involved in the American Advertising Federation. I'm involved in Midnight Oil, the advertising agency Gino and I and our colleague Nikki run. And then I'm also involved in an acapella group on campus. Amazing. Um, what's your dream job? Dream job. I would love to be a chief marketing officer of some kind of music brand or lifestyle brand. I really want to be um, somebody who's making those really creative marketing decisions. Uh, and disseminating them. And you will be one day. Thank you. That's the kind of confidence I need just right about now. Yes. Um, awesome. So tell me more about your account director role in Midnight Oil. So as the account director of Midnight Oil, basically my entire job is to maintain the success of the accounts we previously had and to bring in new business. Um, this year, I was lucky enough to bring in four new accounts. Um, one of them was remote. We're working with a Chicago-based startup called DioBlock. Um, it's very exciting. We're also working with a northern suburbs-based healthcare agency called Inspera. And then also we're working with local clients in Champaign. So I oversee these client relationships and basically just make sure that all clients are happy and successful with their campaigns and I think it's really great because I can both hone my advertising skills and client communication skills as well as build connections of the community and help local owners for free. Absolutely. And I think you really personify what it means to um, what it means to excel to the top of your organization. And that's part of our strategy is to get you into the advertising world and a great strategy or scheme which Steph has done here is to be at the top of her organization and be amazing at it. And I will say to give you compliments, you have been one of the hardest workers I've ever met in my life. Um, you also had what you had, you have an internship as well. 
as well as you were a barista at one of the coffee shops on campus all while doing this. So you've, ha- you've been juggling a lot of things. Thank you, Gino. That, that's actually very true. I'm, I'm humbled that you um, complimented me. Yes, I balance a, quite a busy schedule. Um, and, you know, you don't really realize how busy you are until you kind of take a step back and you're like, wow, that's, that's a lot of things to be doing for one person. But, you know, I'm happy to do it. And um, I, really, I really do think this agency experience has shaped me into the person I am. I don't think I would have had the confidence to talk to, you know, business owners that have their MBAs who, you know, they're relying on our advertising to increase their spend, even though they're not paying us. um, We have clients that go back for five to six years that are actually relying on our services. So I was really honored to be in a position to continue to benefit them. Now I have a lot questions about your role in Midnight Oil, which is our own little agency world that we run here on campus. Um, But before we get into more of the Midnight Oil AAF talk, I have some rapid fire questions for you. Uh Uh-oh. As well, I have wrote down on my screen the answers that I'm predicting you are going to answer with. No way. Uh, yeah, there's only six of them, but I think I know you pretty well after working one year together. So this should be fun. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you just fine. I'm a little nervous, but let's get They're started. They're super easy. So this will be quick. Um, okay. First question. Cats or dogs? Cats. Okay. What is your dream job outside of advertising? Ooh, outside of advertising, I would love to own a bar or a restaurant. Okay. What is your, or who is your dream client to work on? Oh my goodness. My dream client to work on is Spotify. Absolutely Spotify. Okay. If you could talk to one person, dead or alive, who would it be? Wow. Rapid fire. Yeah, I think I would talk to Kurt Vonnegut, and I'm not trying to sound like a pretentious, stuck-up person, but I really do admire his work, and I, I'd like to speak with him about what was going on in his head. Okay. Uh, let's see what else I have here. Uh, if you can live in any other city in the world for free, which would it be? It would have to be London. I've always, as a child, wanted to go to London. I don't know why. I had a little sixth grade backpack with the British flag on it. And I know things have changed since then, but I'd like to live in London. Okay. And then one superpower, what would it be? Oh goodness. Invisibility for sure. It has to be. All right. Let's see. I think I, I got, I didn't do as well as I thought. Uh, I knew you were going to say cats. Okay. That was easy. I do uh, have a cat, a beautiful cat. What's the Instagram if you want to give, them a pl- give her a plug? Give yes, a, plug. a shameless plug for my cat's Instagram. It's going to be Izzy, I-Z-Z-I-E underscore cat dot JPEG. So that's I-Z-Z-I-E underscore cat dot JPG. And you can find her. And she is a gorgeous girl. Yes, she is. For your dream job outside of advertising, I wrote down that you would say a Spotify curator. 
Okay, so close. Right. I thought your dream client would be Amazon. I don't know. I just got that vibe. Yeah. I mean, the, I will admit I didn't write down a person for who you would want to meet dead or alive, but I wrote in right before Van Morrison. That's actually a really good one that I would certainly love to have a chat with him. Yep. Yep. And you said Kurt Vonnegut, uh, uh, that's the writer as I Google searched known for <laughs> works. Yes. Um, he's known for his, um, like, deeply deeply satirical um kind of take on american culture and then for the last one for superpower i thought you would say talk to animals now i wish i said that you said invisibility i did but talk to animals is a pretty good one i'm i would love to talk to my cat i feel like we're in a fight right now actually me and my cat oh yeah you Wish you could talk it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, just clear communication. And That's one of our staples. It is. Okay. So I wanted to ask you some more questions about your role as the account director for a large student agency on the campus of Champaign as well as Urbana. Mm-hmm. So it is my understanding after working with you for one full year that you are responsible for all the account directors. You're the supervisor for all the account directors in Midnight Oil. What yes. would you say are the crucial components towards developing good relationships with clients? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. So thank you. Yes, my role um, is to not only maintain, you know, constant contact with clients, making sure they're happy, but it's also to oversee the account managers who are speaking to these clients and representing the agency. Mm -hmm. So I think what I most try and do is I believe in first impressions more than anything. Um, so over the summer, I took the time, I was lucky enough to be in Champaign over the summer. So I took the time to meet personally with each and every client that we were going to have. Um, you know, putting a name to a face is really special. Um, and every time I would meet with them, some of them I'd meet with a couple times to just really nail down. I would decide on three very specific and achievable goals that the client wanted to achieve by the end of the year. Because there's a lot of things a client can want to achieve. And I'm not a consultant. And just like you said, I'm not an expert. I'm just learning here. But I found that getting those three specific achievable goals will focus the client um, on your success because those goals are achievable. A lot of people want to be account managers um, or AAEs out of college. Mm -hmm. Like, and you have a lot of experience dealing with clients. Like, you know, what are those fundamentals that you need to have just to be good at that role? Cause you've, you've already had so much client um, facing experience. Yeah, absolutely. I, I will admit, um, I think this is a really good question and I think it really varies person to person. Um, when I became the account director, I was extremely nervous um, because these are all about relationship building. So you want the client to be happy. You want the client to want to speak with you and want to reach out. And third, you want the client to appreciate your work and understand the benchmarks you're achieving. So I think the key to client communication and achieving success is first of all, establishing yourself as somebody of trust. So when I would reach out to my clients, it's difficult because I mean, 
at the time I was 21 years old, offering free advertising to random businesses in Champaign is basically what I was doing on behalf of a wonderful organization. I was lucky enough to get responses from people and they were actually, you know, so excited about it. And I think the really important thing is keeping up the level of professional communication where you are even more professional than your client. And I think that is why Midnight Oil's clients respect us because we treat them with the same level of professionalism that any marketing agency would treat them with. I think another key to client communication is really building an actual relationship, um, not a fake one. So clients are people too. And I know that every business management class says this, but um, to have a real relationship with your client and to actually be invested in their business is actually very important to me. For example, I don't know that I could take a client that I didn't support the business they were in. Um, and I'm, I'm sure that brings up problems in large agencies, but I'm lucky enough to say, for example, Soul Care is a client we have. And Soul Care stands for um, mental health, mental wellness, um, retreat centers, places where people can get away and kind of just unwind and understand their feelings. And to build a relationship with that owner of that business was actually really special to me. And now we communicate regularly. She trusts me more. So this is, it's not manipulative. It's a way of maintaining a, you know, successful business and a successful agency that actually runs on trust and great work output. Yeah, I think you, that's one of the main fundamentals. If, if you have a good relationship with your client, it makes things so much easier. Mm -hmm. um, and you develop norms and standards between you and whoever that person is, the point of contact. I, I recall um, being pretty close with one of my clients when I was in Midnight Oil, where I can just text him. And that was like unheard of at the time where everybody was emailing. And yes, you have to assess that professional level with each person, but it's nice when you have a mutual respect for each other. And, you know, we were texting and can I have a quick call with you five minutes just to hash things out. It's very important to have that good communication and trust. Absolutely. Thank you for saying that. Cause I think, um, you know, texting, there are certain clients who don't feel comfortable doing that, which is absolutely fine. But absolutely. to have that level of trust is actually, you know, very desirable. I'm just going to drink my, more of my wine now. I'm going to get another beer. Get another beer. Because we're going to dive into the Corona. Woo! because we're talking about Corona. It's open. That might be the, the, the sound bite for the episode. Crack that beer open because we're talking about the Rona. Yes. Um, basically what I was saying is most of our people that are listening want to find a job in advertising mm -hmm. or marketing or PR or communications. Um, 
and a person like you is a great firsthand source on what it's like um, to be actively looking for a job throughout today's times of the coronavirus. And I won't say these uncertain times because I know you don't like that. I wouldn't say I don't like that. I would just say, I mean, I think we all know that everybody's emails start with, hello, I hope you're doing well during these uncertain times and then go into, but that goes on with all business etiquette. So basically I was saying, you know, you're actively searching for a job during one of the hardest times this, this generation, all, everybody on earth has ever seen really. Um, we, we're not used to this. Um, so I just wanted to get your perspective. What are you doing to look for a job right now? What are you looking for? And what avenues are working and what's not working? Yeah, I think it's definitely a very, you know, unprecedented time to be a student right now. Um, a friend recently actually advised me to kind of start thinking about my life and my career path in a new way. Um, and you know, when you go somewhere like the University of Illinois, there's a set of guidelines that most people follow. So, you know, you come from your high school, you go to college for four years and you study what you're going to do as your job. And then you get your job right after college and that's how it's supposed to go. Well, when there's an act that you can't control, there's some things that you kind of need to reconsider. Um, and I think it's kind of been a wake up call for me at least. Um, it, it really means that like nothing is set in stone. I had really high goals and expectations. I had career fairs that I was supposed to go to. I had um, virtual meet, or excuse me, now I'm just so used to saying virtual. I had like meetups with um, coffee chats with individuals in the industry that I was looking forward to. And things have just changed. Um, and I don't think that there really is a new normal. Um, but what I have been doing to look for jobs is I've been prioritizing looking for jobs that have been posted just a couple days ago or just about a week ago so that I'm sure because unfortunately a lot of internship and job opportunities have been turned down because of the coronavirus. So um, in lieu of like risking getting a job and then getting rejected from the job because of coronavirus scenarios i've just been applying to jobs posted after that yeah um and do you find a lot of companies or for the purpose of this podcast a lot of ad agencies are still posting jobs or they're still actively hiring yes so i can speak for linkedin and handshake um handshake for those of you who aren't familiar is uh just a virtual recruiting app that many colleges in the big 10 and possibly across the united states use mm -hmm. um so i'm looking on linkedin and other job search sites all the time and there are being new there are new jobs being posted um the only problem is that the number of applicants is skyrocketing. I actually recently got LinkedIn premium because it was free for one month, which kind of goes into, um, you know, taking advantage of being a college student while you are one. Um, so I did get LinkedIn premium and I can see that there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of applicants for each position just two hours after it's posted. 
Um, and this isn't meant to be pessimistic. It's just the job market is very fierce right now. Yeah. Wow. So it shows you how many people applied currently for that job? It does. And I'm not exactly sure, you know, exactly how LinkedIn works or if those are exact numbers. But um, yeah, it'll usually say like 244 applicants. And I'll be like, how? This was just posted one day ago. So, you know, that can be kind of not degrading, but it can be kind of, you know, disheartening to you when you see so many applicants are already on it, you know, two hours later, um, it makes it seem like this job hunt is even more fierce than you ever thought it was. Yes. So what I want to do to help the viewers or the listeners um, is maybe we can just go back and forth and talk about some job searching tips and especially during this climate now that will especially help them um, take edge over the competitors. As you said, there's a lot right now. So going back and forth, I wanted to bring up an interesting insight, you might want to call it, about what's going on right now. And while we are physically staying at home quarantining and Zooming, I've noticed that people are now more connected in the way of their mentors and the people that they've worked with through Zoom. So it seems like the coffee chat rate has increased, right? You and I have actually, I've noticed we've been talking more um, over the phone as we, as this has all occurred. So that's something to take note that people are willing to connect with you now because everybody's at home doing nothing really, or they're not as busy as I should say. So take advantage of those coffee chats that could be virtual is something that's important. Yeah, I really like that you said that. Um, I think it's a really good thing to note socially. Um, since this is so, you know, I don't want, I have to say unprecedented again, but since this is so unprecedented, there really has been no, everyone's just been busy, 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 busy. And now it's still. And I think we're really realizing the things that matter. Um, I think now more than ever, um, industry professionals are really willing to speak to people. I can't speak on their behalf. I just know personally, I have always been less willing to take a phone call, even from my family members, which is horrible to say. But really, it just seems like life was so busy before now. And the ability to be at home and just kind of have you know, a 15 minute phone call here or there doesn't seem so intrusive. And especially when many of these industry professionals may be living alone or just, you know, working from home. So a 15 minute phone call is a nice needed break from them. And, and, and really like people love to talk about themselves. This is like a great little tip for everybody out there is People want to talk about themselves and how they, and they're, and especially if you're from the same school or they're the alma, alma mater is you're from there. So that's important to know, like anytime they're willing to give you advice, they want to take that and help you out. So you should never be intimidated to ask for a 15 minute phone call about what they do. Absolutely. And I feel like that's really good advice. Um, and I hear that a lot, um, you know, to reach out and to network. And I think it's awesome. 
I think I myself get overwhelmed and I feel a little bit scared, but I really do need to remind myself and I, and I do really want to remind anyone else listening that imagine yourself in their position um, or imagine yourself now as, you know, whatever you are, there is somebody who looks up to you and of course you'd help that somebody. So I think, um, I think overthinking it is actually worse than just, you know, reaching out to to anybody at the company and just learning a little bit more because why not? Absolutely. Keeping that in the back of your mind is always helpful when it's, when it comes to networking. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's hard to feel like you are somebody who stands out. And um, this is something we actually talked about in midnight oil. Um, I was privileged enough to give uh, a workshop on imposter syndrome and how it actually affects many of us um, as as very high achievers. Um, typically, high achievers are prone to imposter syndrome because they don't think their achievements are enough. Therefore, they achieve even higher. Um, so this imposter syndrome basically means that they don't deserve what they have or they might get fired from their job. And basically, my workshop was to say that imposter syndrome can really play a part in the application process. and to know that we are educated and ready to be professionals after schooling at a four-year university and all other um, internships as well as clubs included um, is something very powerful. And to be confident like that is very, is very important in the job process. I will say I have never felt more imposter syndrome after releasing the first episode of this podcast. Wow. I was... I was like freaking out the night of, I was like, what am I doing? Should I quit? Like, I don't like, who am I to start this or to do anything in this realm? Who am I to do this? I, I, I really like that you said that because see from over here, I'm like, wow, that what a fantastic thing that he did. Like somebody had to do it. Thank God he did it. And you in your mind are saying something different. So it's really interesting how imposter syndrome works on ourselves, but not others. I feel like whatever goes on in our heads for, or for my, you and I, cause I, I know you, it's like, we will probably think the reality is much worse than it actually is. Mm-hmm. We are very harsh critics, you and I, of like our own self and what we put out. And I think that also helps us be better externally. Like, cause we we're critics. So we want to make sure everything we put out is to a, excellent level absolutely i think that's a really good point Uh, see imposter syndrome the reason it affects um you know those who are the most successful are is the same reason that it affects those who you know excuse me i'm saying the reason it affects those who are most successful are that those are the people that want to better themselves the most and truly want to be the best at what they're doing. Not from a, you know, glory standpoint, but from, you know, a purely industry standpoint, I want to do the best job that I can. Absolutely. So what are some other, like, what are, I mean, it's easy to give advice and say tips, but what are you actually going to, going to do in the near future to, get yourself a job in advertising? Like what are the actual things that actionable items you're going to take or tasks that you're going to take on? 
I like the actionable items because it kind of reminds me of deliverables and we'll bring it all back to advertising here. Dry jokes all around. But um, what I've actually been doing is giving myself deadlines. It, uh, it seems strange and it's really hard to keep yourself on task, especially if you are distracted and you're living in a scenario where you don't really know when you'll leave the house again. It's pretty interesting. So what I've been doing is writing in my little assignment notebook, um, three jobs a day. So I apply to three jobs a day. And if I keep up with that, or if I miss one day, I'll try and apply to like three or four jobs the next day. I don't go too hard on myself. But I think the real, the real thing behind finding a job is just the ethic. So first getting over the imposter syndrome that you deserve a job because sometimes I'll be honest. I even find myself staring at a job board and being like, wow, I'm unqualified for all these positions. I might as well shut my laptop. And you know, that's not a good feeling, but once you look at it twice and you start reading and you realize that you are an exact match and this place might actually be really great for you. Um, you kind of can start, um, then all you need to overcome is the self-motivation to start applying. I love that. I love that. And I think there is, I think this whole epidemic has changed a lot of people's expectations and perspectives. And that's important. Change your expectations right now. Just, you know, go easy on yourself. We're all, like, we talk about um, in Midnight Oil, self-care, and you know, checking in on your own mental health state. And first treat yourself well is so important that people forget, you know, this can be, this is, for people with anxiety, this is not the best time for them right now. And you and I both know that. Absolutely, yeah, like thank you for saying that. For those who struggle with mental illness, this is certainly a very increasingly difficult time for them. And I would like to highlight the people who actually hadn't struggled with mental illness before and are now experiencing some symptoms from being indoors. I would like to notice them and realize that like, it's okay. This is a very, very difficult time. And for you to experience any symptoms is quite normal. Um, and just make sure you're getting the care you need. And I like what you said about going easy on yourself because this is just very different. Um, we need, we need sun, we need people. Um, and I, I don't think there is a normal that the world will return to because, you know, what was normal before we were kind of freaked out before. So I don't think there is a normal that the world will return to personally. Um, um, I think this is really a time when, sorry about that. Oh, what's going on with that? I just accidentally called the police on accident. You know <laughs> oh my when, gosh. You know when you like try and turn off an alarm on your phone? I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but sometimes it like does SOS emergency. It was horrible. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> then maybe they can help us out. So the police have been called on this podcast. Well, we are breaking and entering. That is a crime. It is a crime. I don't really think this could be more perfect. Amazing. <laughs> and also I wanted to add to that, that we should be understanding strategies that companies are taking now 
Um, seeing how they react is so important because if you can talk about that and you can add that conversation in an interview, that will make a world of difference between you and any other applicant when it comes time. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, I've actually been really, it's really weird that you bring that up. I was speaking with a recruiter over Handshake earlier and I did just, I inquisitively asked her what, like how have things changed for you? How's working from home and like, how is that different? And it was really interesting to hear her response. And I think, um, it kind of plays into the, you know, standing out in the job field. Um, because if you're aware of their strategy, which I'm sure they're sharing on their social platforms, because this is a time of where no one's doing a ton of business, so we got to be social. Um, if you're aware of their strategies, I think that's a great thing to bring up in interviews. So I, I think that's actually a really great tip um, to bring up, or even just as a conversation starter in any sort of networking. Scenario. Absolutely. Anytime. Also, another piece of advice for the listeners. Um, if you're in an interview, show your admiration to that company. Um, talk about what you love that they're doing. Um, if you're interviewing for REI, you could talk about how they, for the first time, I don't know if it was this year or when they did it, but on Black Friday, they closed and they took a stand for all their employees to go out and adventure. If that's something that you're passionate about, you should bring that up and compliment them and say that's the company you want to be a part of. And if you can note that, they love to hear that. And that shows that you want to be with them. There's a good culture fit. That's a go-to that works every time. If you're honest, you have to be genuine, of course. Yeah, that's a really good thing to bring up. I, I, I think it just goes back to like classic interview tips of researching the company but more in depth right now is really knowing them like on all platforms. It's not just knowing the mission statement. Like, like you said, you have to know like what their current strategy is because they're telling it day by day and you could follow it. Um, yeah. and if you want to be competitive, you should know their story, which sounds very daunting, but really it's just, it's just a couple of things to research. And if they are interviewing you and you are on the phone, it's because they see value in you and they genuinely want to hear your opinion. You shouldn't be afraid to voice out what you admire or what you think they should do differently, obviously in a respectful manner. But if you, they want to hear you, that's why they want to hire you. Right. They want, yeah. they want your voice to be on the table. Yeah, I think that's something really nice to bring up. And I think that even might be a mantra to repeat. Like, they see value in me to repeat to yourself before an interview. Because going back to that imposter syndrome, um, you know, you kind of just feel like a number, especially in that number one interview. Um, but you need to know that they do see value in you. And should you not speak up, you're actually losing um, you're losing things because you're not sharing the full extent of yourself. Absolutely. Amazing. I think these are pretty good tips. What do you do in addition to advertising that you find helps your creative um, inner self? Like what are some of the things that you engage in? Yeah, I think it's really important and I've realized it in the last couple of years. Um, there's like a gaping hole in my heart when I'm not doing music. 
And I know that sounds over dramatic, but it's really true. So I pour myself into music a lot. So, you know, whether it's jazz acapella or I'm just singing on my piano, I'll be doing that. And even if I sound a little crazy to the neighbors, it kind of just lets off steam. Um, and it makes me feel creative because music is art and these are poems set to words. So, or set to songs. So they're beautiful. Um, yeah, I love that. Yeah, um, I, I also keep a journal, which I think is pretty important. It's not like your typical diary journal. It's more of a just a drawings and idea journal. And I think this is kind of a thing for a lot of advertising people, um, just to jot down ideas when you get them randomly, middle of the night, 4 p.m., doesn't matter. Um, just a nice book that you can carry around and just kind of write things down. Um, and, you know, once you fill up all the pages, you can read them back. And I think it's something kind of magical in doing that. Um, I really like it. And you, you stumble upon old ideas that can resurface and, you know, become something new. That's amazing. I, I don't do that. I like to take notes. So I have like a, I guess my notes are my journal. Like, mm -hmm. You know what I do now? What's up? Not every day, but when I wake up, I write down, I, I've done this like twice in the past week. So I don't do this that much. But yeah. When I remember I try to do it. I like to do a brain dump, a creative dump, like right when I wake up, like write down every idea I have for the podcast and just get it all on the table because like you don't want to have that in the back of your head the whole day. If you just completely refresh and lay it down all on a piece of paper, it just feels better. So you're not sitting with it like this 10 pound weight on your head all day. It's just nice to get it off like your shoulders right in the morning, like right when you're most creative. For me, that's the morning. That's really interesting. I like all of that. And yeah, I like the brain dump idea. For me, I'm not most creative in the morning. I'm most creative at night, but I could still do that at night. So I, I'll take that advice. Like when nobody else is awake or bothering you, I don't, I don't know what your situation is at your apartment, but like when it's quiet and people aren't bothering you or you have like emails to respond to or um, an agency to run or whatever you, we do as students because we're all busy, um, it's just nice to write it all down. Yeah, I think so too. And, I, and in these years, like it's, it's hard to remember. I mean, we have adult bodies, but these are our formative years and not to be too deep, but like we really are still growing. I have no idea like what's, you know, what was going on last year is so different than this year. And to look back in a journal and kind of see my thoughts then and how they go to now is kind of almost like consumer research on yeah. my own self. Um, and I think it's important, you know, um, consumer psychology, consumer research on your own brain and on others' brains and just incorporating advertising into your whole life is kind of what's been happening to me. I love that. And it's good to talk about advertising because we're so passionate about it and we're lucky we can do that every week with our agency. But just to think about it every now and then just keeps your brain. It's like putting the reps for it and building <laughs> up that muscle for it. Well, so how can people that are listening reach out to you for more advice? Cause this podcast has to end, but we want to build a network. So 
where can people reach you? I will put this link in the description, obviously, but say it Yeah, um, definitely. So you can reach me um, basically on my LinkedIn. If you search Stephanie Maurer um, or Steph Maurer, S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E-M-A-U-R-E-R, um, on LinkedIn, I'll come right up. You can also email me anytime at stephanieraymauer at gmail.com. Um, Gina will put all these email, emails and such in the description. Um, I'd love to connect with you. Um, Recruiters, you are doing yourself a great misfortune by looking over Steph Maurer. I swear, one of the hardest workers I know, uh, just so knowledgeable about the industry and even more knowledgeable about people, your people skills. I've, I've so admired just how you handle situations where I tend, you know, I can act pretty irrational. Sometimes you keep me level. So I just think your communication skills and dealing with people has taught me so much that emotional um, intelligence that you have is something you can't really teach. You just got it. That's really flattering. And to hear I have emotional intelligence is very flattering. I think it's a great business skill to have. And I'm glad to have contributed to yours because PR is all about emotional intelligence. Yes, it is. So I will send this podcast out. I think that will be it. All right. Well, wonderful. It's going to be a lot of editing because this is crazy. I got to figure out my shit.